Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, well, well. Three holes in the ground. I've nothing uh, to say about that. I'm just opening the show. <laughs> you are listening to Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for just listening. Um, it's always good if you share it with your friends, tell your friends that you know about the show, you know, tweet about it, Facebook about it, those kind of things are always good. Um, but I appreciate if you want to keep it a secret to yourself. Um, and um, I must say hello to Andrew, who uh, I, I passed at Woolworths the other day, and he reached his hand out and said g'day, and it was a very nice thing to do, and uh, always wonderful to meet face-to-face the people who are out there downloading the show because you got to remember I'm sitting here in the little AFTM studio and um, it's just me I, I don't know you're out there I get a bit of feedback I get the odd email now and then don't I but um, you know it's good to know you're listening so if you do pass me in the corridor or uh, wherever it might be uh, always say good day it's lovely to hear from you and um, uh, thank you to DJ Matt G who um, has made a comment on the iTunes uh, podcast store, or if you can go to the iTunes store, leave a rating and a comment, that'd be greatly appreciated because it helps other people uh, find the show and learn what it's about. Uh, DJ Matt G says, download this for all your tech advice. Trevor is a tech guru. Well worth listening to if you're a tech head or just looking for some easy to understand advice. Thank you very much, mate. Greatly appreciated. And you can reach out on Twitter as well. At Trevor Long is my personal Twitter account. At Your Tech Life is where you'll find a bunch of tech news and things. And at EFTM is where you'll find tech, cars, lifestyle, motoring, whatever it is. It's all there. Now, um, it's uh, easy to get on Twitter. I, I really encourage you to be on Twitter. It's great fun. Uh, you don't have to jump on every day or every two hours like I do. Uh, just jump on now and then. Follow a few hundred people and you know people you like, uh, journalists you like, podcasters you like, whoever it might be, uh, pop stars, you know, it could be anyone. Um, and enjoy what they have to say because they're there to um, inform you. And, you know, it's look, I tell you right now, it's Tuesday night. Uh, it's 8.30 as I record. And, you know, there's some pretty distinctly um, deep news going on around the world, especially in Bali. And, um, you know, I'm following it, not on television, not in the newspapers, but on Twitter because there's a bunch of reporters who are over there that are sharing their their views and their thoughts and, and what they're seeing. And it's, uh, it's a very real way of following... Um, following what's happening uh, on on the world stage, let alone just here in Australia. bunch of things to talk about this week, including the Apple Watch, the Surface 3. I've got a great thing for your car and your phone combined. I've got a drone I want to tell you about. I've got a couple of calls. We're going to talk parenting. We're going to talk MBN. We're going to talk Bosch. Yeah, what, Bosch? Well, you will find out. Stay with me. It'll all become clear in just moments here on Your Tech Life.
So, the Apple Watch is finally on people's wrists. So, if you're one of the um, very, very keen individuals who on, I'm going to say, was it the 10th, uh, sat there at 5 o'clock and tried to order online, then um, you may well have one. Uh, you may also still be waiting into May or June because the uh, order dates are quite pushed back. Um, they really are struggling to get enough into the country to meet demand. And that doesn't mean it's a ridiculously popular item. It just means that the the popularity slightly exceeds what their uh, production levels were. Um, you know, in Australia, you can't go into a store and just walk out with one. You can't even, if you own one, go in and buy a new band for one. Um, but in other countries, that is possible. So it's a bit of a balance. Now, um, I was fortunate enough to uh, to receive a review uh, watch, which I'll be able to wear for a little while, a couple of, a couple of weeks or a month, um, from Apple. So I went into Apple and and actually had a sit down with them to, to learn the basics. And that's one of the other things about getting one in the mail. You don't get an in, a really instruction on it. And I, I was sitting there absorbing everything they said because it was you know, also new, and I, I wanted to make sure I knew how to use it. Look, it's a, it's a beautiful device in the hand to actually, you know, sit here and, and kind of mull around with it. it. You just see the quality. Now, I chose to uh, to review the 42mm stainless steel with a metal link band. Now, as it turns out, I have very similar tastes to a few other uh, journos I know, including Stephen Fink, and we'll talk about this on Two Blokes Talking Tech, but um, I'm still blown away by the metal link band, which allows me to simply press a little button within the links of the band and remove that link and then potentially resize it all myself. When for however many hundreds of years or decades, at the very least since we we had the metal link band invented, um, watchmakers are still making us go to jewelers to have those links removed. Um, Apple's made it something you can do at home and it's so brilliantly done. Um, once you um, and the band itself comes off reasonably easily, not as easy as I would have hoped for the metal link band because it's um it's because uh, it's one big solid kind of unit. It it doesn't really like to be uh, pulled off on one side and not the other. So you you kind of need to take both sides out. I'm just doing that at the moment so that I can um, for funsies I can just hold the the physical watch itself without a band. So I've got the metal link uh, out and I've just got this little watch and. I can see when I hold uh, just the watch, I can see how third parties are going to have a field day with this, creating their own new bands for it or, you know, sports-style containers for it or protective bands for it. It's, um, you know, it's a very interesting little device, but it is quite small when you don't have the band on. You know, it feels like I'm using an iPod Mini or something, you know, iPod, iPod Nano, you know, the little little Nano size. Um, on the back of the watch is a uh, kind of raised edge, um, circular raised edge, which is good because it means it pushes into your skin. Don't, you don't feel it, but that means the heartbeat monitoring is is quite accurate because it's always getting skin contact. It's also where you uh, where you charge from. Um, so the little charger magnetically just snaps onto there and, and sits beautifully. Um, it also does a whole bunch of other, other things and sensors in there, but... Um, the basics of it are, are, are just on the back there. Now, on the side, you've got two buttons. The digital crown is 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 not only a twisty, turny crown, but it's also a button. And then you've got a single button that looks a bit like the power button on an iPhone. That is the friends button, they call it. So when the watch is on, you, you press the friends button, it brings up your friends list. And uh, that can be, uh, you know, that's your frequent contacts, people that you might want to call quickly or whatever it might be. 
And that's, that's all that button does, is bring up the friends list. Whereas the digital crown uh, can serve a lot of different um, purposes. It, um, it, it, it allows you to, um, firstly, when you click the digital crown, it takes you either uh, to, the, to the clock, the actual watch, or it takes you into the app environment, which is that you would have seen pictures of, of these kind of little bubbles of, of app icons. Uh, and that's where you get taken with the center with the digital crown. And if you're on the app environment page and, and you have, you know, you highlight it on one of the edge apps and you push the digital crown, it takes you back to the center of the apps. And then you push it again, you, you go into the clock. Or if you uh, push or scroll the digital crown up, you zoom in on an app, which not only zooms in on the icon, but then ends up um, also actually opening that app. Um, I've just received a little uh, text message here. Um, so... It's easy to navigate. Uh, you've got a bunch of apps. The app environment I'll tell you about shortly is, is brilliant. Um, the clock is, the, the, the actual watch is, is great. You have a huge range of watch faces as well as very customizable, what they call complications. Um, so on the watch face that I've got, it's a, it's a pretty standard watch, but I've been able to choose both the day and date to appear within the clock's face. I could choose just the date, for example. On the, on the bottom, I've chosen to see my, my calendar, my next event. In the top right, I've chosen to see my activity uh, circle, the little little circle of activity that Apple is creating through the knowledge that it learns um, by your movement. And uh, the I've then chosen to have the battery show as well because I really want to see uh, the battery usage as it goes along. And just for all time's sake, the battery is at 8.30, now down to 23%. And I got out of bed this morning at 5.30. So it's been off charge for now 15, 16 hours, and it's down to 23%. So I'm going to let this one go tonight and see because I'll be recording, but not a bad little... No, it's Look, it's here's the thing about the battery, right? I, can, I thought the battery was bad because it was only, every, only a daily. But it's better to have a day battery than a two-and-a-half-day battery, and I'll tell you why. When you've got a two-and-a-half-day battery, you forget to charge it. So you get... Two, two and a bit days in and you go, oh no, it's got 10% battery and your crazy funny charger is at home. When you've got something that requires daily charging, you will and must charge it every day. So the stands will come out that will support the charging the charging um, module and you'll just naturally take it off and put it on the charger when you walk in the door or when you go to bed and that's where I'll do it. I'll have it sitting on the bedside. Um, I think that is exactly the reason why daily charge is actually okay. You either want seven days or one day. Um, so an interesting little, little one. I think the battery's fine. Now, onto the apps. The apps are excellent, but there's a long way to go. So I, for example, reviewed the WeThings Home, a small camera that you can have in your home. Um, the WeThings Home has an Apple Watch app that allows me, when I open up the WeThings Home, Thing Home, I can view a webcam. <laughs> I can view the camera at my front door on my watch. I mean, that is just almost insane, right? That is just so cool. Um, it's uh, Let me tell you about a couple of other. Uber. I love my Uber taxi. So now I can, at the, without even opening the app, I can just call an Uber car on my wrist. It just it tells me there's a car available in five minutes. So if I press, there won't be one now because I live a long way from the city. But it'll say no taxis available or no cars available or it'll say five minutes. And then you press on the screen and you'll, a cab will come. Six minutes, it says. Six minutes. And I just hit request. And a taxi will come here. Brilliant. 
So, so cool. Uh, no need to use the app at all. Uh, Shazam, outstanding. You're listening to music and then you push the Shazam button and, you know, no no big drama. Um, it detects what uh, song you're listening to, as Shazam always does. But then as it can also do in the app, it, um, it then shows you the lyrics on the screen, but it also shows them in line by line as it's happening. So like karaoke style. Very cool. Uh, the NRL app is excellent for quickly checking the scores. Uh, the Woolworths app is excellent for uh, you know putting a shopping list on your phone before you leave home. And then as you're walking around the shop, you just glance at your wrist and you tap on the items as you as you get them. And if you if you can't remember what it looks like, there's a little little button there you click and it shows you a picture of it. So if you're like me and your wife set the shopping list, picture of it appears right there on the screen. Very cool. I think the Woolworths app is is one of the um, one of the coolest ones thus far. And, and of course, it's Aussie. Uh, what else can I show you? Talked to you about here. Um, there's Pocketbook for your finances. St. George Bank is excellent. If you're a St. George Bank customer, you can just open the app and slide to um, to to check your uh, balances at a glance. No dramas at all if that's set up on your phone. Um, I just think that's awesome. Uh, invoice to go, we've talked about before. Photos is pretty cool. You synchronize uh, one or more libraries with your phone and... Uh, and that then, those pictures appear on your watch. I don't know why you'd want that, to be honest. You can't set them as a home screen or anything, but I don't know. It's not bad, I guess, way to quickly glance through your uh, through your photos, but I would do that on your phone if I was you. There's a bunch of fitness things. The Oz TV app is excellent for uh, just seeing what's on the TV now and next. So, look, the in terms of an app ecosystem, 10,000 times better than any other smartwatch on the market thus far. Without question in my book, um, that is why Apple dominates. That is why they announced it last September, and that is why it is available now because they wanted apps available. And now that app, now that app developers will own one, they'll be working out better ways to use it. It will change the way the device works, and it will improve the device many times over over the um, over the months ahead. Uh, if you really want one, go and get one. If you're in two minds, go and have a play with one. If you if you think you don't need it, don't get one and wait. Because in six to nine months, there'll be some really cool applications that'll come out and that'll convince you that you should have one. The Apple Watch, uh, later in the, in probably in a week or so, I'll put a review up at eftm.com.au. With the greatest respect to my tech journalism colleagues, I thought it was a bit premature to, um, to publish a review after only a day and a half with the device. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a good period of time and, and try and understand really in depth what, uh, what the pros and cons of the device are. You're listening to Your Tech Life. And a reminder that the uh, Microsoft Surface 3, which was announced uh, a few weeks ago, will be available next week. And uh, I've just published a, a full review of that at eftm.com.au. Um, I'm really impressed. I've been using it for a week or so. And, um, yeah, it's excellent. It's It's everything I thought it would be and probably a bit more. It is... Um, a pint-sized tablet from Microsoft's perspective. It's bigger than an iPad, uh, both thicker and, and a bit larger. It only has a 10.8-inch screen, the same as the iPad. But, you know, Apple does this whole thinner and, and all that kind of stuff. But Microsoft's just gone for form and, and function um, and, and not, you know, all spec-driven. It's a great device. It looks like a Surface Pro 3, but it's smaller, thinner, and it doesn't have the, the mind-blowing power of the Surface Pro 3 because it's not as expensive, nor is it um, meant to be a laptop replacement. 
But if you are someone's shopping for a tablet and you're comparing an iPad to a Surface, sorry, an iPad to a Samsung or others, I think this makes it a genuine contender for something you can at least compare. Um, the the thing works really well. The battery is pretty darn good. You're going to get a day of use at work. Uh, it charges using micro USB, but you get full and fast charge using the Microsoft uh, Power Brick. Not just any old um, power brick, but it will, it'll, it'll trickle charge on, on any old power brick from your smartphone, for example. Uh, it has an, a micro SD slot hidden under the back flip stand, which is brilliant because you can add storage to it with, without any, any uh, you know, major works. So that's, that, to me, was a brilliant thing. So, for example, I take my drone up and film GoPro footage. I can take the SD card out of that and put it straight into the device and start uh, either editing or uploading the vision from there. So that works really, really well too. So available March the 5th. Um, I do think it's uh, it's a great device. I do think people will consider it and make it a contender for their uh, for their tablet buying. But um, it won't challenge uh, Apple in terms of its um, you know general market share. But um, good on them for listening to people, making a device that genuinely um, is worth buying. And uh, I would suggest and recommend you check it out at probably Harvey Norman at JB Hi-Fi and the like uh, next week on March, uh, May the 5th, the Surface 3 from Microsoft. I neglected to mention at the start, we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technology. And think about the Vivo Active as a smartwatch. You know, if you are an active person, you love running, biking, walking, swimming, golfing, these kind of things. The Vivo Active is actually a sensational device to consider because it's a very thin and light smartwatch that not only tells the time, but it has built-in activities and smart notifications to help you keep a healthy balance between work and life. Built-in sports apps, GPS technology, smart notifications, uh, connecting with um, uh, with the Garmin Connect system, three-week battery, really easy to read in sunlight, and, and frankly, uh, while many other sport watches uh, claim to have health capabilities, you know, you've got to think that Garmin's been doing this for a very long time. So run, golf, bike, move, swim, these things are all there to be tracked. Time, distance, stroke for swimming, distance, speed and time for go- uh, for biking, hole number, par, distance to green, layups, um, dog legs, scorecard is all on your Garmin Vivo, Vivo Active smartwatch. It's a sensational device. Um, it's part of the Vivo range, the Vivo Fit, uh, the Vivo Smart. Bunch of great devices from Garmin, and you can check it out at garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Any time you like, jump on the website eftm.com.au or yourtechlife.com if it makes it easier, and you can call 1-800-157-157. Let's keep going with calls. G'day, Martine. Hi, how are you? Now, Martine, we've spoken before. Are you not the modern parent? I am indeed the modern parent. So successful little blog you've got going on. How's it all going for you? Yeah, really good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a bit of fun getting out there and getting out and talking to some parents as well. Uh, a few talks coming up. So uh, it's nice to be able to spread the word in different ways as well. Now, I know you've got something new coming up, but has the... Has the theme around the modern parent blog or the the kind of talks and tips you're giving changed, or is it is it a similar theme to you know even in the last few years, or is it is it moving as quickly as the digital world moves? Well, yeah, I think it's got to keep moving. Um, you know, I don't ever really give uh, 
uh, two talks that are the same. Well, mm. you know, obviously my philosophy and all of, and what I want to get through to parents doesn't change. Um, certainly the landscape is changing all mm. the time and, um, you know, even though it's all about not necessarily you know, teaching parents about every single app or thing or that their kids yeah. are doing or every game, um, those things change. So you do have to sort of keep up with, with the sorts of things kids are doing and the sorts of different ways they communicate because that does change even though um, they could be on all, all number of, of apps and, and websites. What do you reckon? More, what, do you, what do you reckon is the most common fear or concern or question from parents about parenting in the digital world? I think for most parents, um, it's more things like um, parents are very fearful of things like cyberbullying. That's, I guess, their number one uh, fear, but yeah. also um, of, of what they're doing to their reputation and, and things like that. Um, they are far more uh, fearful of those sorts of things rather than, say, you know, predators or you know, getting all those sorts of things, meeting people. Most parents aren't really that fearful of that sort of mm. those sorts of things. While they they certainly happen. It's, it's certainly not the, the number one thing on their mind when they're worried about what their kids are doing. So I'd say it's more like the sorts of interactions that they're having with, with peers and, and things like that, the kind of image that they're putting out there as well, um, but also the amount of time that they're spending online is, is another big one for parents. Yeah. They're, they're sort of wondering, oh, are they wasting time? How do I control it? I can't control it. They say they're doing homework when they're on it. And all those sorts of things are our biggest issues and, and, and same with gaming and things like that, you know, trying to get them off without having fights. How um, old are your so kids now? It's more like... I've got five children, so mm. they range from, from uh, 15 down to three. So I'm covering all all ends of the spectrum, the toddlers, the tweens and the teens. So I, I get, um, get it all. Yeah. Now, you've got a book coming out, which uh, just the title alone makes one makes one stop and think. Parenting in the digital world, stop fighting, start connecting. What uh, yeah. I mean, what's what's the Absolutely. what's the purpose of the book in terms of is it is it the complete guide or is it just trying to get you into that kind of comfort zone where you know, because that's the thing about parenting in the digital world. I think is it's about creating a comfort zone for parents where they can understand what they need to be doing to to try and stay at least in touch with where the kids are going. Absolutely, yes. That it, it's not it's not a, a cyber safety guide or manual or anything like that. What it is 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 a way for parents to try and understand this world that their kids are growing up in try and understand some of the challenges they face, um, get some perspective about it and, and empower them to have, uh, have some control over it in their household. Um, so it, it's more about um, yeah, getting, getting a real feel for what, what, what are the sorts of things the kids, kids are doing, but how can we best make that work in, in our families, knowing that this is the kind of stuff that they're going to be doing and this is um, you know, certainly you know, trying to control it, take it away, block it, ban it, all those sorts of things we know aren't going to work anymore. Um, we've gone way beyond that. So we need to start thinking about, well, how do we make this technology work in our house every day um, and keep things under control and keep our kids, you know, uh, having having a good balance of, of both the online and the offline world and also getting the most out of it. I mean, it's, you know, there are some amazing advantages for our kids to use technology. So we need to make sure that we're, we're doing all we can to promote those sorts of things um, whilst, whilst we're minimising the risks, of course, as well. And, and I mean, where do, where does a parent uh, does a parent turn to a book like that because they're 
Um, I mean, they've got these concerns in their mind, or is it is it more hopeful that parents look at this kind of thing as good background, good you know, uh, good stock for their for their general parenting? Because that's one of the challenges, isn't it, as a parent, especially the youngest of parents. Yeah. You know, you don't know which book to turn to. But I guess when you get to the, yeah. I'm, I'm my oldest is eight, so. You know, I like yeah. to think that I've got it under control, but then probably the next three to four years is going to be big time crunch time in terms of a lot of decisions about devices yeah. and time and, and freedom too. Yeah. So it's around this time where Absolutely. you start to think, and, I need a bit of guidance, don't I? I? I think, yeah, well, I think what, the, what I, I hope that the book is doing, um, or well, I know the book is doing so far from some of the feedback I've had, is that it's... It covers. It, it doesn't matter if your child is is one and just started swiping your, your phone at the at the table, mm. or if they're you know right in amongst it as, as a teen. It, hopefully, it, it helps because it gives. It tries to give you an understanding and looking at things from a child's perspective. It helps you tackle all of those things, whether it's a you know a, a child uh, you know FaceTiming at one a.m. in the morning, or whether it's a two-year-old wanting to play a game and you're wanting them to do something else. So mm. it's 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 about trying to understand how to gain some control over it all, um, no matter what the problem, no matter what the age. Um, and as one of my my uh, reviewers said, I feel like I'll keep reading this over and over again throughout the journey to come back to to when you know different issues arise. Just which is normally the case with a good parenting book, isn't it? You know, I remember my wife and I discovered, my wife predominantly discovered, I think it was Tizzy Hall, uh, Save Our Sleep or something was yeah. the name of the book. And that was, it was that book that, that changed our, our approach to, to parenting and getting frustrated by, by a baby and the crying yeah. and everything. And we, we went back to it over and over again and then went back to it for the, the two subsequent yeah. children. And we've since recommended it to others. And it's one of those things where, you, you don't just read a book and take it in when it comes to parenting. You do need to kind of revisit and kind of, uh, you know, remind yourself of certain aspects of it because you can't really know everything and you certainly can't take it all in in one go, can you? No, no that's right. And that, and that's why I've, sort of, I've deliberately not focused on certain apps or I haven't focused yeah. on safety settings or anything it, like yeah. that. It's more about I want people to, to remember um, what it's like to be a kid growing up in this world and, and to, to try and, uh, and understand that so that we can better understand how to help them and, and help ourselves in, in dealing with it. Um, so, and it's yeah, one of those things, hopefully, that people will be able to come back to it and uh, as certain problems arise, as they will. You know, we're not going to get it right first time. It's a, we're trialling and erring this all the time, you know. Um, so, and, I, and I'm hopeful that, you know, as as I do have kids over a fairly broad spectrum, this book I know covers a lot of the problems I've had with all the ages from the two-year-old up to the 15-year-old um, and how I've best uh, tried to work things out that way. So when and where can we get the uh, get the book downloaded? Yeah, so um, uh, as, of, as of tomorrow, we'll be able to log on to my website, which is themodernparent.net, and um, you'll be able to download the uh, download it yeah so very exciting right well the net. uh grab it this week and uh and make it part of your parenting life a nice little way and uh nice little way of sharing it also uh, uh across the parents because it's an ebook so pass the tablet around people uh martine yeah. always lovely yeah. to talk always a challenging subject for for many and um and never a, never a straight single answer that that solves it for everyone but uh, a conversation that we kind of have to continue and probably even more as uh, as the digital age continues to grow. Um, we shall talk again. Absolutely. We will. Okay, thanks a lot for having me. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. So um, I talked about this at CES 
And I've got to be honest, I didn't think I'd see a big brand, you know, highly uh, professionally packaged product come to Australian markets so quickly. The thing I talked about at CS was a thing called the WeGo, and it was a jump starter for your car that was powered by a portable battery that could also charge your mobile phone. And Uniden sent me a thing called the Jumpstart Kits Portable Power Bank and Roadside Assistance. It's sensational. It's uh, priced at about $199. But inside is a large battery, 12,000 milliamp hour battery with a peak current of 4,000 amps, which essentially means, you know, it can jumpstart a kind of big Ford Ranger kind of thing. Now, it's got this big battery and it looks like one of those just big power bricks for your, for your mobile phones, but has a digital display which tells you what voltage is outputting and all these things. But you can plug your phone into a USB and get charged. Uh, you can use it for a torch. You can also plug in a pair of jumper leads. So you plug them in, put them on your, on your car battery, start the car, done. So easy. No need to find another car. No need to pull that car up close and work out where the battery is. But then, got a flat tyre or want to pump up a, a football? There's a little um, compressor, a little mini compressor that also powers for the battery. It's brilliant. And I actually, uh, I, I pumped up a football and some bike tires. This thing um, is absolutely perfect for the, for the boot of the car or under the seat maybe. Uh, you will never go worried because you leave the lights on, no stress, jumpstart the car, done. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I recommend you check it out. The full details, photos and review and pricing are at eftm.com.au. And while you're, while you're there, I, you know I love my drones. Um, I had a little play around with the Parrot Bebop. The Parrot Bebop is kind of the follow-on to the AR drone, which was the original personal drone. It was brilliant, but... You bash it against the wall, it'd break, and yeah, it was just yeah, neither here nor there for me. It was a good, it was a fun thing to have, but not a great investment. The Bebop is one step above that, but still a long way away from a professional drone like a DJI Phantom, for example. But you know, at uh, I'm going to say I'm going to scroll down here in my review, uh, $700 without a controller, it gets controlled by your iPad via Wi-Fi. Available at Harvey Norman and Apple stores. It's got, it takes video on the go, which is stored on the device. Um, you can see a couple of videos I took on the website, eftm.com.au. And um, it's videoing, you control it with your iPad. And uh, it works, yeah, sensationally well. Easy to control, easy to fly. I highly recommend it for indoor flying. But outdoors, I did find that I was more scared of it flying away or being blown away than I was of enjoying the flight, if I'm honest. Um, so... It's, I don't think it's a great outdoors drone. I think if you really want to fly outdoors for photography reasons, you need to get something like the um, the, the DJI Phantom. But if you want to just play around at the park and fly around, cracking little device. This, the uh, Parrot Bebop, uh, has a camera on the front, which, uh, you know, got a fisheye lens. You can, you can manipulate where you're looking and what you're taking photos of at any time. Uh, you can control the recording from your iPad. And you can you actually fly the thing entirely from the iPad. Not a bad little uh, little deal if you're into if you're looking for a toy drone. Uh, anything more uh, high end, you've got to go up the range a bit. A little pricey at seven hundred dollars, but still well worth checking out. If you're looking for a bit of fun down the park or the uh, you know maybe at a lookout somewhere, give it a whirl. 
but um, just learn to fly before you get it lost in the wind. Um, these are the dangers of drone flying, okay? The Parrot Bebop. Read about it at eftm.com.au. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology in your life, you're thinking about buying something new, uh, you might want to bounce the ideas or uh, the buying decisions off someone like me. I'm happy to help. If I can, I will. If I can't help, I'll try and find someone else who can. And you can get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Uh, let's go to calls. G'day, Anthony. Oh, good evening, sir. How are you? Very well. What can I do for you, mate? Well, this is about the MBN and the recent uh, storms that we've had in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of the uh, people that have been cut off from electricity. Now, what's that got to do with the MBN? Well, at the moment, we've got a landline, which at, at our house, it, we've got a landline that's connected directly to the phone exchange, which relies on the battery power of the telephone mm-hmm. exchange. Now... Under the NBN system, we've got two kinds of NBN, fibre optic to the house or fibre to the node, which means you'll get some sort of copper line uh, connected from the node to the house. Now, the NBN people were at our place doing preparatory work last year in our street, and I inquired with the NBN co, what are we going to get fibre to the node or fibre optic to the house. Now, we all know that the benefit of the MBN being faster speed, particularly with a fibre optic connection. Now, but we're only going to, with a fibre optic connection, we're only going to get a laser light coming into the house. Mm-hmm. But there's no backup power. That's and right. it made me think, what's going to happen if many houses are disconnected from the electricity supply how are they going to power their MBN landline phone? Well, so basically with fibre to the home, I'm not sure about fibre to the node. I'll need to check on that. But fibre to the home does, as you say, entirely rely on there being power in the area. So there is then a backup battery option. Now, it is optional. That's only for a few hours. Well, I, do you know how, what, what, what did they say? Did you ask them? Yes, five. Five hours it is. So yes. I would only say this to you, Anthony. What What is the requirement for a landline after five hours? Because within that five-hour period, you're going to do all your preparatory actions. You know, you might even you might even um, you know make arrangements to go and stay somewhere else if it's going to be a longer outage. Um, I just think the reliance on landlines these days is so low that I'm not sure it's as big an issue as we make out. Well. Fortunately, in the Sydney metropolitan area where where we are, we've actually had quite a number of blackouts, Mm. and these have endured for more than five hours. Now, heck, there's there's some people that have been without power for days now. Well, this is it. This is it. Now, what happens if you're not in a flood-prone zone, say, as in, say, Queensland, southern Queensland, or you're not in a, say, in Chipping Norton, as there have been some recent floods? What happens if you're in a reasonable, normal average suburban surrounding is in Sydney, but your power's being cut off? It could be due to a blackout. It could be due to a storm. But you've got got some kind of hope that the landline phone system is working. Now, what would happen after five hours, say, maybe you've got a loved one, that I am actually caring for at the moment, that uh, maybe they might get sick. So what I'm saying is, what do you need the landline for? Do you not have a mobile? Because it's very, very rare, very, very rare. 
that a mobile service would go out at the same time as power outages. You're talking, you're talking extreme disaster, North Queensland um, uh, cyclone-style disaster where power and mobile services go out. And even in those circumstances, uh, Telstra, Optus, Vodafone all have very quick deployment um, pop-up kind of tower circumstances that do bring back mobile services well before any other utilities are restored. So isn't the mobile our best method of communication these days? It could well be. It could well be. I mean, I've also made provision that if, for example, I'm, I'm out of luck and I haven't organised, for example, to have the, enough battery charge up, I've also got a, a charge up, I've got a backup system with the car battery. So that, that's been catered for. But I'm just thinking in terms of the, you know, the landline, the landline phone, if, if I need to call an emergency. Now, I know it's the perfect storm of disasters, but I don't want to be the point zero 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 whatever it is i I, I think that if you were in that point zero 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 then you would have other things happening around you so for example if there was an area where all communications had been locked off all power had been lost um you know that is the sort of circumstance where our our most high-end uh emergency services would be involved so I, I, I totally understand the kind of concern over the backup battery, the concern over the requirement of the landline, but <clears throat> I think that in these days, it is such a, a small requirement that we, we actually should be questioning how quickly Telstra and Optus and Co can deploy their you know, emergency mobile phone towers rather than how long we need our landlines working for because that actually helps more people. You know what I mean? Okay, so by deploying I mean, Africa, the, that... Sorry, in, I was going to say in Africa, some when they're modernising the communication systems, their, their system of communications is wireless mobile. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, they're not touching at all um, landlines. I mean, it's not like they're rolling out landlines anywhere. So, you know, I think you're, you're spot on. They're they're doing that because that's how the best communication can be distributed to the many. So I think, though, uh, Anthony, your, your point is, is, is valid and, and should be continually talked about, and it is by the NBN. They have a, they have a page direct, de- dedicated just to the, the home battery backup service. But um, my bigger concern is, for example, the elderly who have, uh, you know, care alert monitoring systems, you know, um, intrusion alarms, I was thinking exactly those like that. kind of things. So that's where the burden, I believe, should be on A, the family and, and carers and friends understanding that perhaps it's not always a bad idea to have a, a you know a standby mobile phone in the top drawer or you know well, taking responsibility carers- for moving them out of that that residence when there is that concern. Well, Trevor, it's interesting you mention that because when I contacted a few of these care, uh, whatever you call care alert system, because I am caring for a person who's yep. frail, yep. And, and I was thinking, I don't have one at the moment, but for example, I contacted one of them and they advised getting, um, what do you call those, 20, you, you can put 12 volts in and 240 volts comes out. It's one of those inverted, in, sure, uninterrupted yeah, uh, yep. power supply. Right, yes, for what, for the whole home or just for the... No, just for the, for the MBN type connected phone that is connected to a fiber optic system i'm going to say one of them i'm going to say to you that you could spend an inordinate amount of money just protecting your home from landline loss i think you're better off spending your efforts on a contingency plan that the whole family and everyone understands and knows 
um, so that we know who jumps in at right time and who, who goes in to charge the mobile phone and, you know, all those things, because that's actually a better investment in your own um, peace of mind. I don't, I think you could absolutely, you could put a generator in the house. There's a million things you could do, but I don't think in reality they are the best use of your time and resources in preparing for that, you know, that, that 0.001% chance scenario. Well, I, I think, Trevor, it, I think it's important because you're a very well-known personality in tech circles, particularly as a spokesperson for uh, all things technical. And I, and I, I listened to one of the uh, broadcasters, Mr. Bocking, and uh, I do think that maybe you should tell it to him so yeah. he can get a... a I don't Hello? disagree. No, I think that's I think that's a very valid point, Anthony. And uh, we'll continue to talk about the NBN. We'll continue to talk about um, the battery backup service as as the NBN becomes a much more rolled out thing. And plus, we need to find out what the battery backup situation is with things like um, uh, the fiber to the node and the high fiber um, hybrid fiber coaxial uh, cable rollout, which is all still to come. So, anyway, good a good conversation to have. Anthony, very much appreciate you bringing it up, and we will continue to talk about this um, as, as the NBN rolls out, mate. And I want to say this, I'm not against the NBN. Theoretically, I did, when I did my science degree, I did experiments on, on fibre optic communications, and theoretically, fibre optic connections is only limited by the electronics on either side. You can have infinite bandwidth compared Correct. to what was uh, compared to wireless don't get me started on why fiber to the home is the best solution <laughs> yeah all right mate good on you and thanks for getting thank in touch you, sir. your tech life with trevor long all right that's a wrap thank you for listening thank you for downloading episode 281 where is the time gone Get in touch. I love hearing from you. Uh, jump on to Twitter at Trevor Long or on the website eftm.com.au or if you like Andrew, who just happened to be passing me at the dry cleaners at the local Woolworths, <laughs> uh, come and say good day. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Tell your friends. Jump onto iTunes. Leave a rating, a ranking, uh, and we appreciate your support and support the people that support this show, including Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. We'll be back again next week with Your Tech Life.